Right. Hi, welcome to the Ghostman Radio Station. And today I am talking to Sabrina Os- Osio. I'll probably say that wrong again. It's founder and CEO of Osio Safe. Feel safe where you live, work and play. She's a TEDx speaker, domestic violence speaker, real estate agent, consultant on promoting safety, preventing violence in workplace, schools, places, residence. A personal and professional experience with the subject allows her to bring a unique and a hostilic approach for employees, landlords, tenants, students and teachers. By combining education and technology, we can save lives and the bottom lines. She's also a professional dancer, actress, who uses performance talents to educate on the subject. A TEDx presentation at New Jersey City University can be viewed. We've done numerous radio programs. And we'll start from there. Right, so what inspired you to set up your what you did do? Yes, uh, well, I am a, uh, a victim of violence. My father beat my mother on a regular basis, so I know what it's like to live in that type of environment. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, I am a dancer, actress, and I designed a one-woman show where I portray different women being abused, and then she goes to her good place. That's where the dancing comes in. But then she's pulled back to the... Um, to the chaos of violence. And when I did my one-woman show, I did a lot of research and for the show, and I, I realized, wow, this is a much more common problem than I ever thought. And I turned that one-woman show basically into a business. I felt that this needs to be um, a paid service so that way people can actually really get help and have solutions and implement them in their lives. And did you, when you talk about your uh, subjects, and obviously because it's personal, did you find it hard when you first started? Uh, You mean to talk about uh, my own experiences with violence? Yes. Uh, Yes and no. Uh, I've had quite a bit of therapy, and I continue to go to therapy on and off. And I would say years ago when I first started therapy it was very difficult to talk about it very difficult I was very quiet I stayed silent Uh, so but then as I got therapy on a regular basis it got easier and easier to talk about it and and now I am I'm pretty open about it and but at first yes it it was difficult Uh, I think that would be normal I think most people who are in a domestic violence situation, at first, they don't always see it because obviously they're trapped in this circle. I'm not having a go or anything, it's just what happens. You get in this vicious circle and you begin to think it's normal behaviour for the other person to be like that. And like my wife said, when she left her husband, ex-husband she found that the hardest thing to do because it was losing leaving that security rather than leaving the violence that was the easy part but losing the security was the hardest part 
Right, I understand, right. Um, when a woman decides to leave, she is 75% more likely to be killed. Uh, a lot of people have this misconception, well, why, does this, why doesn't she just leave? Why, why doesn't she, or he for that matter, just leave? It's not that easy. Uh, when the odds are stacked that highly against you, it's not that easy to leave, especially when you throw children into the mix. Um, however, how I, I set up my business, I, am, I have developed services and products where it's not the victim that has to leave, it's actually the abuser. And this is where Oso oh Safe and the real estate industry is merging. So that way, uh, the victim can still stay in the residence, and provided that he or she can still pay the rent or the mortgage, and it's the abuser that gets evicted only. Um, and I think that's a much better approach versus ex expecting for the victim to leave. Um, and this is something new that I am introducing and implementing into the market. And do you do you find that you you are getting a lot of people coming forward, male and female? I imagine the male is a bit harder to come through than females in in some respects. Yes, it, I mean it's difficult for either. Uh, for the most part, women are eighty five percent of the of the perpetrators are male. However, uh, I find abuse is abuse no matter what the gender the abuse takes so it's it's very difficult for the man and the woman if they are the victim to 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 deal with this on a daily basis to uh, assess their situation um, but uh, one out of seven men is physically abused one out of three women will be beaten or raped in a lifetime um, but yes Men are expected to be strong and, and be dominant, so for them to come out and say, look, my wife or my girlfriend or someone in my family is dominating me or abusing me, yes, it's very hard. It, it's very difficult either way, either way, for sure. I like that you've got like a little blog on your site because I've got your site up. Because I always check out websites. Um, I like to do it as part of my research. And you've got this bit, have, if you are a victim, don't be ashamed. If your or a family member is in an abusive relationship, whether physically, sexually or verbally, whether male or female, please know it's not all your fault. You are not alone and things will get better. And I like that first statement because it, it, it says everything in, in those first couple words. I mean, obviously... When you're in the situation, you never think you're going to get out of it. It's like, oh, I, is my life ever going to be better, blah, blah, blah. But office, um, my wife says sometimes she has little flashbacks, you know, because she has a post-traumatic stress syndrome because of what happened to her. And sometimes she'll have major league flashbacks, but I would just remind her that that's just a dream. It's no longer that is available now um do you get a lot of people with similar kind of things down again yes definitely uh definitely i would say uh therapy helps with that a lot uh we at also safe we are big proponents of therapy 
whether it be group or individual or a combination of both. And I find that um, it is a very necessary part of healing. And yes, flashbacks will happen, uh, but it's good to have some tools, some resources at hand so that way they're not so traumatic. Uh, and then to be reminded that you are safe. And it's good that you say that to your wife, that in a sense you're saying that was just a dream, meaning it, that now you're safe, stay in the moment, uh, that is no longer your reality. To uh, Victims need a lot of reassurance, a lot of reassurance. So uh, flashbacks are a normal part, but I feel that the more they a victim gets help, or I should say a survivor, gets help, those flashbacks will be far few between and they won't be as traumatic uh, if they continue therapy, if they speak to the right people, and to really um, console themselves. It's also, got, I got, like you've got a good section here, which I think, obviously, I can see what your research is very thorough. If you were a child, it's not your fault. You are not alone. Do your best to think good thoughts. When mum and dad fight, call so anyone for help. Because obviously, children relate these relationships. They see everything and they can get more withdrawn or the opposite way. They can become more um, like the person they're seeing. Not intentionally, because we unwittingly influence our kids in ways we don't realise sometimes. Yes, yes. Uh, in in the U.S., uh, there are 15 million children that witness violence in their own homes each and every year, and that's uh, divide that by 50 states, five zero. That comes out to be about 300,000 children per state. And I realize that Texas is a bigger state than New Jersey. New Jersey is a bigger state than Rhode Island. But just assume for a moment that all of the states are geographically similar. Uh, that is a lot of children in trouble. And mind you, those are just the ones that are documented, which I find absolutely alarming. And I can tell you as a child of violence, my father hit me once. Uh, all the other times he hit my mother on a regular basis. So, And I felt like every time he was hitting her, he was hitting me, and it was very traumatic. I, I, it's similar to really living with a terrorist, and as a child, you're supposed to be safe at home. If you're not safe at home, where are you safe? And here, if, you're, if, you're, if dad is beating up mom, or mom is beating up dad, or they are, they are abusing you, where do you turn? Where do you go? As a child, it is extremely traumatic. Uh, which is why I do the work that I do, because I feel that we have to make the real estate industry much more connected to to the resolution, to the solution, because all of the crimes that happen with domestic violence happen in some type of residence. So what I am employing is let's get education in place before someone takes up a lease in any property. Let's get a policy signed, uh, and let's get some technology in there so that way we have a system of checks and balances, if you will. Uh, children suffer the most in these situations. I, I know because I was one of them. 
but uh, I, I feel that we need to do much, much better. And uh, we at Oslo State, we will see to that. Did you? I, may, I know over here in the UK, it took quite a long time for domestic violence to be treated as a serious crime. It was um, poo-pooed a little bit. The police didn't really do a lot. It took it took a few years before it was taken as a serious crime. I'm not not too sure what about in the states, but it did take a, quite a lot of years over here before it was treated that way. Yes, yes. Uh, I would say uh, I mean it has improved. I would say the awareness of it has improved a lot. But as far as solutions, um, not not really. Uh, we are very much uh, backwards in solutions, which is why I formulated Oso Safe the way I did. But um, in 1995, there was a law that passed. I, I believe uh, it is the Domestic Violence Act. Um, you have to excuse me. I don't know the exact law, but it, it changed, or where it, it was it was seen as a more serious crime after O.J. Simpson. Uh, murdered Nicole Brown uh, Simpson and that was in 1995 when the trial was going on in California and she was murdered and that's when the laws started to change where if a police goes to a residence and they see they see visible signs of abuse those, those, the, the victim does not have to, even if the victim doesn't want to press charges, the police will arrest or, or press charges against the abuser and that was not the case before 1995 so that that O.J. Simpson trial um, did put domestic violence more on the map in the states than ever before it always tends to be something very dramatic that has to get something done it, 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 it annoys me a little bit but that's the world we live in unfortunately I like the fact. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I like the fact that you go into schools and explain about you know violence because violence is violence. You know, whether it's at school, whether it's at home, it should never be acceptable. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. And I feel that uh, a lot of the school shootings that happen, university shootings that happen in the states. Uh, Pretty much all of them are grounded in violence at home. And as I, I have been saying for a number of years now, if we solve the problem of violence at home, other things will take care of itself. There won't be as much uh, gang violence activity, uh, drug activity, um, any shootings, uh, violence at concerts, at, at stores, at theaters. All of that will dissipate greatly if we take care of violence at home and really make strides to provide solutions for people and make this a standard condition of residency. Um, but yes, uh, uh, I agree with what you're saying. How easy was it for you to set up to be a TEDx speaker? Oh, interesting story. Um, I, uh, my hair cutter, my, uh, my hairdresser, she was a student at New Jersey City University, and 
she has, and she knows what I do. And she said, you know, Sabrina, uh, my my university is hosting a TEDx talk. You should just apply, uh, just apply and see what happens. So the actual application was fairly easy. It was a one-page questionnaire, and I submitted it. And they their title was. Um, uh, I believe it was uh, New Ideas, Past, Present, and Future. So the title of my TEDx talk was If You're a Victim of Home Violence, Don't Leave, Stay. And they thought that was very innovative, very progressive. They were very intrigued. And, um, and I got accepted as one of the eight presenters at the, at the university. So I'm very grateful to her for giving me the opportunity and um, and that's how I, I, I was able to uh, get the talk. Uh, um, I, I was very grateful to her and to New Jersey City University for accepting my 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 presentation. And and at the end of the day, it, it, the more people you can get to at an early age and get this instilled in their brain that hey, this is wrong. It does happen, but. It shouldn't be acceptable. You know, do would try to be more proactive, do something about it. It may be eventually the figures may go down. Yes. Oh, I definitely. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yes. The earlier that education is instilled in, I would say, in in students, especially from the elementary grade level. Um, I, and I teach warning signs of of uh, abusers, victims. Uh, what would be the sign, the warning signs if you are in a in an abusive relationship when you are of dating age? All of this education should be before children grow up uh, as they as they live their lives. I've been saying to my um, when my niece was two years old, I had told her when you. When you get bigger and you have boyfriends, they have to be good to you and you have to be good to them. If they're not good to you, you say bye-bye. And that's a very uh, basic way to, to teach a child that they deserve to be in a good relationship, that they have to know what a good relationship is, and that if they see any warning signs to have the courage um, and the conviction to say, you know what, this is not for me. Uh, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here before things get really out of control. Um, and and I think the earlier the education begins, the the more on the road to prevention we will be, or the stronger uh, I should say. So uh, I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Do you think we've forgotten the simple word no?
four things in a day instead of 14 things in a day and still and still feeling like you accomplished a lot. Um, so I feel like we, we have to practice it more, the word no, versus um, uh, especially we have to teach boys that in order to become a man, they do not dominate women and girls. I think that's very key. Um, and for girls not to be submissive, uh, so, and, and this is all part of our repetitive education. Um, so I, I feel like it's a practice. It, it, it cannot be one and done. It has to be a repetitive education until it all sinks in to people's minds, people's psyche. Do you, have you ever considered, or you probably have done, uh, writing a book about um, what you've done and your experiences? Yes, uh, I have considered it. Um, I haven't been able to set aside the time, and I, I know there's a lot of options out there with self-publishing. Um, I, I would like to actually maybe work with someone to help me get it written, because I, I, I've known people that are authors or at least have written something, and it's a lot of work, and uh, I would, and it's very time consuming, and so I, I have I have definitely considered it. And if I if the opportunity lends itself, I definitely would do that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, I would suggest. Obviously, I know time limitations and all that. You can always set up a, like a little mini podcast and do like um, a basic educational on what you do. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, you mean like an online mini course? Yeah, like a like a mini course or like a like a fifteen minute podcast or you know like right. something like that. Right, right. Yes, uh, yes. I, I I will consider that. Um, I do my seminars, my workshops, speaking engagements, and I, I have been I have been uh, asked. Have you ever thought of? writing a book or even a small booklet on everything that you know between statistics and warning signs and uh, what constitutes a healthy relationship, so on and so forth. So uh, if the opportunity lends itself, I definitely will do that. Well, I think it's worth, I think it would be worth it. Because every avenue you can get out there, even blogs, podcasting, books, anything like you say, your talks, Anything that gets it out there, what you're doing and um, what what you want to achieve is always worth having a go at because at the end of the day, you, it's just, like you say, it's just your time that you have to give. Right, right, yes. Uh, um, yes, and I, I'm some, uh, I, I do have a lot of information. You know, I've been doing this for a number of years now and between my personal experience and all the research that I've done and and the speaking engagements and um, just the the everything putting that all together it it, it amounts to quite a bit of information. <laughs> yeah, but it's good that you've got yourself out there. I mean, obviously, you if you look back at the person you was at the time and the person you are now, obviously you've you're not that person anymore. You you've you know, that person's gone. You're the, the, what you are now. I mean, 
you've gathered your own strength to become the person you are today. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, you know, domestic violence, uh, I, I, and I prefer to say home violence, it's more inclusive. Uh, it steals your life, you know. Uh, growing up in that environment, you cannot think about what it is that you really want to do at, at that time because you have to be in alarm mode constantly or in war zone mode constantly and and you know that an episode of violence can occur at any time so you cannot think about oh i, I want to be a dancer or i want to be an an engineer or whatever it is because you have to be you have to always be on your toes and uh and it steals your life so and then as years go by, your life passes by you and and all the contacts or many of the contacts that you had at that time, you become, yes, when you get out or when you get the abuser out and you, and you begin to rebuild your life and you, and you peel the layers of violence and you get to the core of who it is that you were supposed to be, yeah, a lot of those people that you knew at that time, they fall by the wayside. Um, it's a very good point that you're making, Mark, because um, it's very true. You're, you're just not that person, you know. Uh, a person who undergoes violence and then is able to get out of it in any way that, that he or she can definitely is not the same person. Um, you know, and thank goodness, thank goodness, uh, but, um, yeah, it's almost like a different, uh, 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 not only another chapter, but it's like a different book completely. Tell me a little bit about your bit of being a, a professional dancer and actress. I find that interesting as well. Yes, uh, well, it kind of ties in exactly to what I was saying. When I was growing up, I, I always loved dancing, but I, I couldn't even think about it growing up. I couldn't even... I never took a class. Uh, my, my home was pretty volatile. And it wasn't until I moved out that I pursued it full on. I, um, I, I took classes in New York City. I shuffled between the three main studios, uh, Broadway Dance Center, Steps, and Alvin Ailey. And I totally immersed myself in dance. I took the teachers that I knew would would uh, really propel me um, to, to where I wanted to go, and I was very dedicated. I, I danced every day. I was auditioning heavily, very, very heavily. I was going on, I, I think by the end, by, by the course of, uh, in a number of years, I went, no exaggeration, between 750 and 1,000 auditions. Um, and I, I was getting some gigs, like uh, matinee theater, I worked I, I had um, a performance at the Lamb Theater in New York City. I did a small tour with a Latin, um, a Latin pop artist, um, and then I, I was developing my own show, my own one-woman show, and I, I loved it. I, I am a dancer, um, and acting kind of comes in naturally for me. I, maybe because of all the pain that I endured with violence, or I don't know. It just it just comes naturally to me, but uh, I love dancing. I that's my 
that's my essence, really, um, the joy of it. And, and I, I was taking all sorts of styles, uh, ballet, jazz, tap, uh, theater, Latin, um, African. I, I totally immersed myself in, in, in dance. Now, obviously, with people listening in, so and they may be experiencing some of the problems we've been talking about, what advice would you give them? Know that they're not alone. It's not their fault. Things will get better. To consider, uh, to consider. Well, you're in London, uh, or I'm sorry, you're in you're in the UK. Um, I was going to say to have me come out there and do a seminar, a workshop, a speaking engagement to educate in their places of residence, to have me uh, speak to their property managers, property owners, if they live in a multifamily dwelling, uh, have me come in to speak to their kids' schools and universities and in their workplaces. Um, I feel that the responsibility of safety has to come out of the victim's hands and into the institutions of society, as I mentioned. Um, to the, uh, victims have to document their abuse, um, especially when it first happens, as best as they can, because the more time that passes, things uh, you forget what happened. So that is helpful. That way, if you you make a report, if you get a restraining order, you know what happened, uh, whether you were physically attacked, sex sexually attacked, verbally attacked, what happened, what time, who was involved. Um, I would say, it, I would stress over and over again, it's not their fault, and that they have to know what the warning signs are, and to get the abuser out to have the courage to get the abuser out. And I and I have and I, I have a package to to implement that. Um, and I, I think one by one residence at a time this will be resolved indeed. Um, I'm a big proponent of getting the abuser out versus the victim out. Um, and to also reassure their children that things will get better, that it's not their fault as well, and that when they grow up, they will not repeat the same mistakes as their parents. Um, so that's what I would say uh, for right now, anyway. Now, please mention your website where people can go and find you. Sure. It is ososafe.com. That's O-S-S-O, then the word safe, S-A-F-E, dot com. So then everybody who goes there, they can find out all the relevant information. You've got a very informative blog on there, which people can find out very various bits of information, which is always good to be um, be very... It's easy to find, it's easy to navigate, and that's what I like. You don't want to make it too complicated. Never make things too complicated. Right, right. Yes, and my uh, email address, uh, just for ease of... Uh, clarification it's uh, sabrina at ososafe.com uh, and i believe that's all over the website as well um 
I have I, I do have a lot of information on, on the website and thank you for saying that it, it is clear I am a big proponent of like I said I see this as a service and I respect all of the charities and nonprofits that deal with home violence but I feel that they keep the problem in place and I, I speak about this in my TEDx talk I respect them all but I feel like we have to we have to treat this as much more differently. Um, victims do not need pity. They do not need handouts. What they need are solutions. They need resolution. And this cannot be resolved by us holding a bucket, waiting for donations and charitable contributions. So long as we do that, the problem will never be resolved. Uh, this has to be on the mainstream, on the forefront of people's minds. And, and Residency is where the solution lies. I strongly believe that. No, well, I think we've covered most of the things we, I think we can talk about. I appreciate that your time and time and day. Now, before we go, I normally like to do a unique sign-off, which I like to just do. Now, what is your unique sign-off? My unique sign-off? Yeah. It could, be, it could be anything you want. Those who seek shall find. I like that. And mine for you is a very simple one today because of the subject being very serious. And it's a serious topic. I advise anyone who needs the help to seek the help. It's not, don't be afraid to ask. There's always someone out there who will be very understanding. They won't judge you. If you want it private and confidential, it stays private and confidential. And that's the world, and I'm pretty sure that's how you, uh, Sabrina runs a business. If you want it all, I'm Mrs. X or Mr. Y, that's perfectly okay. Because, you know, as long as you're dealing with the problem, that's the main thing. Yes, I'm glad you said that. We at Also Safe, we are big proponents of therapy. And I would say to your victim, well, to anyone listening that's, that's dealing with violence, to get, to go to a therapist, to, like I said, group or individual. Uh, if you're strapped for money, go to your, um, and you don't have to be religious, go to your closest uh, synagogue, temple, church. They do offer free uh, therapy sessions. And as we say at Oso Safe, any therapy is better than no therapy uh, to help you get through this. Um, uh, I, I thank you for letting me mention that as well. That's okay, no problem. I uh, thank you for being on my show. I hope that um, every, uh, people will listen and they will realise that how serious this subject is and they'll listen and they'll learn. And that's all we can do in life. We, we can only help one person at a time. You can't help everybody at once. Yes, I agree. I agree. Thank you, Mark Anthony, for giving me this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. There's no problem.